0: Welcome to Ultiverse OQ, q your guide to the Ultimate Universe.
1: Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin.
0: And this week we're talking about...
1: Ultimate Spider-Man, Daredevil, and the Punisher. Also the X-Men.
0: Yeah, uh... Probably if I had known how the first story was going to be, we could have put that on to our previous episode about Ultimate, Daredevil, and Ultimate Electra, but... Uh, that was written, like, a few years after this story, and both of those are better than this one that we're talking about today. But that would have given X, Ultimate X-Men a bit more of a focal point.
1: Yes. Then that would have made last week's episode real long.
0: Mm-hmm. That is a fair criticism. But uh, first, we have a uh, new cover art.
1: Oh, that new cover art looks really
0: good. Yes. It was done by Tracy Shepard, who has at least one entry on the trials of the multiverse list, but uh yeah, I requested a bunch of characters for the art, and Tracy was wonderful enough to put them on so thank you very much. yes, uh, you can go and check that out, hire Tracy to do more work.
1: Everyone loves Luke as ultimate Wolverine
0: and your ultimate Ben Riley, yeah but uh yeah let's get into the podcast this week so we are starting off with ultimate marvel team up number nine through eight which was written by brian michael bendis with art by bilson kevich colors by jc with richard starkings comic and wes abbott on the letters and yeah this is not a great comic uh especially because it's supposed to be ostensibly a spider-man comic and instead it's more of like bendis wanted to do a punisher story and then he is just like oh and we'll have Bo- daredevil there as an opposition point but also i guess we need to have spider-man in
1: well at this stage of the game bendis was pretty much able to do as he pleased with the ultimate universe
0: for better or worse.
1: Mm-hmm. Usually for better.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, people rarely have bad things to say about his Ultimate Spider-Man run. Like, there's a few weird points in it. It's the Ultimate Marvel team-up and some of the other stuff that I think people generally have more problems with.
1: Yeah, I can't really think of a bad Ultimate Spider-Man arc off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, like, the only one that I was thinking of I think is another ultimate team of, and that's the very weird body swap one.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh, anyways, on Rikers Island, there's a conversation about Herman Schultz, AKA the shocker being released. Uh, We had seen him in the last episode where we covered Spider-Man because Spider-Man had captured him, which interfered with the law. And so the court overturned the ruling And this has led to others who have been caught by heroes like Daredevil looking to have their own cases overturned. So Frank Castle, who's listening in on this conversation, makes a shank and attacks the criminals because they were discussing how they were going to go and kill or get revenge on the people who ended up putting him into prison in the first place. Which... (sighs) You don't really have a lot of rehabilitation stories in Marvel Comics. And, I mean, they are set up to be pretty irredeemable people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not true. Uh, we had a really
1: great... The, the rhinos had a very nice arc.
0: Recently or several times?
1: Relatively recently. He's kind of fallen off a little bit, but they still toy with the... He's bit, He's more of a redeemable character. That's why they brought in a second rhino, who is just evil.
0: So the guards seem a bit reluctant to stop Frank from killing a bunch of people, but they eventually do, and he is returned to solitary, where Dr. Ruben, his psychologist, comes to visit him. And she is shocked because he is being restrained like Hannibal Lecter. And so we get a bit of a flashback where we find out that he's killed before and like he's killed nine people so far in prison and the warden is trying to figure out what to do and it turns out that frank is in for killing police officers and we find out that his family uh as usually happens with frank castle aka the punisher got murdered in a park but he does not share this information with dr rubin and it turns out he also used to be a police officer And he had murdered two other officers after his family was killed. And nobody knows why. Nobody's putting together like, oh, maybe these police officers had something to do with his family getting killed.
1: They didn't really seem to do a lot of detective work.
0: No, like not even supposition. Like that would be number one on my, hey, why do you think Frank Castle, this police officer, killed these other police officers? Oh, let's look into what he is doing, which we'll get into in a bit. But yeah, there is, like, I get that he killed them in essentially cold blood. So like could his like, lawyer
1: not have even, like, wikipedia that or something? Dr. Rubin is bad. Couldn't his lawyer have, like, just, like, wikipedia that or something?
0: Yeah, like, do some very basic research. Anyways, Dr. Rubin leaves Frank in the room with a pen, a paperclip, and a coffee cup.
1: And now it's time for some MacGyver action.
0: Yeah, it. Like, whenever I see something like this in, like, media or comics, I just remember my dad, who had worked in a prison, talking about how it's like, oh, yeah, here's all these things in this TV show that you cannot bring in. Like, particularly back in, I think, this first season of Orange is the New Black, one of the, like, people had a bobblehead, and it's like, no, there are so many reasons why you cannot have a bobblehead in prison.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: So, meanwhile, Spider Man. He's ostensibly the star, is frustrated with people selling pictures of him online to the point that he misses that Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher, has escaped on uh, one of those big Times Square TVs. We then cut to a drunk cop getting kicked out of a bar who ends up running into the Punisher who shoots him in the face, despite that cop not wanting to be shot in the face.
1: B'blam, oh, Blam!
0: Oh, and then we cut to the shittiest Matt Murdock, uh the ultimate matt murdoch who is now older and who's an actual lawyer and who is talking to detective bruce greenwood who wants to talk but he br- but he like briefly gets distracted by spider-man and there's this really weird thing where daredevil just hates spider-man for no real reason it's like i hate him going out in that suit and swinging around on webs and it's like you're blind how can you tell what type of suit he has also, you're fucking Daredevil. You've got a bright red suit.
1: Well, he just doesn't like that he's ripping off the uniform.
0: I guess.
1: Daredevil's into that, like, image right there. He doesn't like that someone else is tried to step on his trademark.
0: So, Bruce goes on to explain that the entire police force was corrupt because the owls and the others were paying cops to look the other way. Frank really hated it. He got internal affairs involved, and so Artie Gillette who had worked as a go-between for the owl and the police, suggested, when he was very doped up, suggested that they kill Frank before he says anything. Bruce wanted to warn Frank, but Frank was like, oh yeah, no, I already ratted you out, and told Bruce to also turn over everyone else to try and keep some sense of honor. And Gillette ends up having uh, an attempt made on Frank's life, and Frank's family is killed instead. Frank knew Gillette had cops involved, and so matt tries to tell bruce to turn himself in as well before it's too late but the punisher kills him so matt quickly switches into his daredevil costume tries to talk to the punisher and ends up with a gun against his head daredevil being a nerd tries to tell him to put his faith in the system frank reasonably does not want to and so they have to move Because Frank shoots at him and then vanishes, and Matt has to return to his office to talk to the police about the murder because his client just got shot by the Punisher.
1: Mr. Murdoch, it's like, sir, like, he's doing this because the system sucks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, like, Matt is such a champion for this horribly broken system. Like, I don't think we have had any actual justice so far in the ultimate universe that has not been done by a vigilante
1: nope and then like a year later ben affleck daredevil would push a man in front of a train because he didn't get that justice either
0: so gillette comes in and sees that bruce got shot and knows that he is the next one because he's the only person still involved He threatens his kid because he gets really drunk, and then the Punisher comes in and takes him out of his house and takes him to the docks. Daredevil intervenes, and Spider-Man comes in, kicks the Punisher, and lets Gillette run free. Daredevil and Punisher both yell at Spider-Man, and and Daredevil has Spider-Man catch the Punisher and also present the gun that he had killed Bruce with, and the Punisher is turned over to the police. Time passes, and there is discussion of the Frank Castle bill, which comes up on Maybe restricting vigilantes? They're just like, oh yeah, we're going to have the Frank Castle Bill. But they never explain what it means.
1: Also, vigilantism is already illegal.
0: Yeah. And Matt fights to keep the Punisher out of solitary. Which, I don't know why. Because, like, Matt Daredevil should know that, oh, the Punisher is just going to kill a bunch of people in prison if he is let free. Like, in the main... Yeah, Matt. What are you even doing? Here? It's,
1: it's all he knows.
0: And so Punisher ends up getting into his new cell, where it turns out that his new roommate is Gillette, and he goes to kill Gillette. And like, I there's so many weird, weird ass like leap of logic choices in this.
1: Maybe the warden knows and is actually secretly in
0: favor of it. Maybe yeah it is not a good story it is very bad (laughs) it's also not really a spider-man story
1: and it's just like you have like the classic trio pairing that have been done well so many times before
0: oh yeah like i just kept thinking back to that uh one from the mark wade daredevil run where there's the uh omega drive and Like, all the gangs of New York want it, and that's a really good version of this story. Yeah,
1: that was was a really good issue. Or, Trio, rather.
0: Yeah. Like, that you should go back and read instead of this. But, yeah, here it's just... I don't like how they use Spider-Man. I think they could have made him more of a comedic interlude instead. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Like, they spend so much time setting up the Punisher in this. Also, I don't think Sienkiewicz's work... Like, I love Sienkiewicz. I think that he can do some wonderfully beautiful work, but here it just doesn't add anything. And he's a really weird choice for what should be a very urban and gritty street story.
1: Yeah. No, the art wasn't doing it for me as much in this issue either.
0: Yeah, we'll have the image gallery up when the episode goes up. But, uh, Yeah. Let's move to a- another story with some weird-ass choices. Are you ready, Devin? Let's do it, Luke. Next, we are covering Ultimate X-Men Volume 1, numbers 1 through 6, and then the one-half issue, which I have no idea where the one-half issue came from. And also, it should be like 6.5.
1: Well, it was like, there was a Spider-Man one, which actually we might have skipped and maybe should have done, but I think they were like made for like those, the Wizard Magazines.
0: I know, oh, I know, the,
1: I know that the Spider-Man one was like made for like a retailer, hmm. rather than like for just comic stores.
0: Uh there is the Ultimate Spider-Man Super Special. Is that maybe it? Maybe. Yeah, that won't be for another few months. I
1: thought there was a one half for Spider-Man too. Maybe not.
0: Maybe not. But uh yeah, it's a weird beast. We'll get to that. But first, Ultimate X-Men. Volume 1, number 1 through 6, was written by Mark Millar, with pencils by Adam Cooper, inks by Adam Tiber, Danny Mickey, Joe Weems, with colors by Richard Eisenhoff, Avalon Studios, and letters by Richard Starkings, and Comicraft's Wes Abbott. And Mark Millar just sort of goes and is like, Hi, it's me, Mark Millar. You know how we were building this whole sense of continuity in this universe, and how everything's supposed to flow together? Well, what if there are Sentinels, which are giant pink and purple 20-foot-tall murder robots that are already hunting down mutants? And there's apparently some mutant terrorists, but it uh, there might not be, and the government is trying to use these robots to kill these mutant terrorists. But, you know, this isn't going to get mentioned anywhere else in the Ultimate Universe right now. How's that sound?
1: Sounds good, Mr. Millar.
0: It's, it's, it is a weird place to start. Uh, Because apparently the Brotherhood of Mutants had attacked Capitol Hill as led by Magneto, but... Also, Magneto and the mutants apparently killed government leaders in Washington, D.C. And, like, this should have been when the Avengers were assembled and the Avengers should be, like, just together to take down these mutants already. It's... I I, I get, like, trying to start with a big, flashy beginning, but universal consistency does not, like, appear here. No. Anyways... Boulevard Trask, who made the Sentinels, is planning to get other mutants in the country within the next six to eight weeks. And all the while, Hank McCoy, who is a beefy boy with very big feet, is watching this whole news report on the TV in a bar in San Diego. When an angry barman uh, tries to attack him, suspecting that he is a mutant, Hank stops him and then is threatened to leave by the bartender. And so he tells the bartender that he already left a giant shit in the toilet and didn't flush. Which is weird. Like, if he didn't have a problem in the bar, was Hank going to go back and flush that giant shit in the toilet? Probably. It's weird. Like,
1: uh, It was his insurance policy.
0: Do you think Hank just naturally has giant shits all the time?
1: Probably. He's a giant man with probably with a giant butt.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: it's gonna lead to some giant poops.
0: So that is when Jean Grey, a redheaded woman who is about nineteen years old, appears to offer him work. Jean then heads to Athens, Texas, and uses her mind powers to break out Aurora Monroe from the prison because she was caught stealing cars and has weather powers that she's not very good at controlling. Aurora mentioned that Magnita had tried to offer her work, but she doesn't really want to enslave the human race, and Jean is like, yep, that's not what we're looking to do either. And then in New York City, Pyotr Rasputin, who is a very strong Russian boy, is meeting for an arms deal to sell a suitcase nuke. They try and double-cross him by shooting him with a Gatling gun, He turns to metal, and as he walks away because this entire deal has gone to shit, Gene shows up to talk to him as well.
1: Oh, and also, like, everyone's dead because they tried to shoot him.
0: Except for the people who show up later. Like, it's not a very clear action scene. No. They don't really give the time to establish, these are the people on Colossus' side. These are the people who are against him. Because, yeah, everybody seemingly ends up dead. (sighs) Oh. So they all end up back at the Xavier Institute for Gifted Children, where Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops, gives them their costumes and their code names. Hank McCoy is Beast, Aurora Monroe is Storm, Kyoto Rasputin is Colossus, and Jean Grey is Marvel Girl. And they go to talk to the professor. And they're all also wearing black latex now, which apparently is able to hide the mutant gene. But there's a lot of variance in how much you need to wear, since Jean is essentially wearing, like, a sports bra and pants with major cutouts in the legs. And that's enough, but, like, Colossus is wearing a full-body suit, so...
1: No, but even he, like, all of them are pretty much wearing cut-off uh, shirts. Because all their shirts really just cover their shoulders. They cover nothing of their arms.
0: I really think that, like, maybe the mutant gene is just, like... Focused on certain areas of the body. Maybe. Or maybe the professor just had a bunch of leather.
1: Leather Daddy Charles. Mm
0: -hmm. Or latex daddy. Oh,
1: that's true.
0: And then we meet the worst version of Charles fucking Xavier that there is. Uh, He is bald, wheelchair-bound, and a telepath who, instead of having a library for books at this school that he plans to, I guess, teach children at, He just goes into brains of writers to get their story ideas and to look at those. It's like, no, that is wrong for so many reasons, Charles. He's like, you know, some of the best writers have ideas that they never publish. It's like, what are you just like reading their private sexual like weird erotic novels that they're writing or what what great ideas are they putting down
1: That's because charles plans on killing them later and publishing the books under his name
0: <laughs> that's how he got so rich <sighs> uh. so he goes on to explain how he had previously helped Magneto make a mutant base in the savage land which is the place that got dinosaurs until Magneto turned traitorous and crippled him with a metal pole that went through Charles's back. So now to fight Magneto, he uses his computer Cerebro to find mutants, and they have a new target, a 15-year-old boy named Bobby Drake, who ran away from home to protect his parents because he knew the Sentinels were going to come for him. So the X-Men go and find him in Times Square. They rescue Bobby from the Sentinels, as they also learn together, As they also learn to work together, Storm's powers knock her out after she uses him once. Beast gets two of the Sentinels to attack each other. Colossus destroys the Sentinel with an old Navy truck that he tosses, but he gets a bit hurt in the blast. And then the last Sentinel grabs Cyclops, who reveals that he can control his optic blast with gloves as well. And then Bobby finishes it off by freezing it.
1: And Bobby also makes the best face when he freezes it, too.
0: Yes. But then the crowd gets angry, so they all leave. And meanwhile, in the Savage Land, Magneto meets with the arms dealers who Colossus fought before. And since they didn't get the nuke that he had wanted. Wait, what happened with that nuke? I'm assuming Colossus Did...
1: still had it because he still had it in his hand.
0: Yeah. Did he just like bring that to the Xavier Institute? So now Xavier is going to sell that nuke?
1: Hopefully. Xavier. Or, I feel like Xavier probably just wants a doomsday weapon for himself.
0: Yeah, I've been reading a lot of Doom Patrol, like the early stuff, for podcast-related reasons, and Xavier is really coming off like the Chief. Yes. The Chief is pretty much Charles Xavier, except no powers, except he rocks a wonderful beard and he's going to be played by Timothy Dalton.
1: T-Dalt.
0: T-Dalt!
1: I'm actually mildly excited for that show and might get, like, the free trial or pay for a month after the entire season has come out.
0: Well, you can also watch all of the best Batman show, Brave and the Bold. Yeah, sure. Did you ever watch Brave and the Bold? I've
1: watched episodes.
0: It has far less bad episodes than Batman the Animated Series has. Okay. And also, you got John DiMaggio as Aquaman. The best Aquaman.
1: Bender B. Bending Rodriguez is going to be in town in November. Ooh. With with most important other superhero slash best actor of all time, Mr. Jonathan Wesley Ship, a.k.a. Ooh. The Flash's father. Most importantly, Mitch Leary, Dawson's father.
0: <laughs> Do you think Flash's dad could have gotten that ice cream in time?
1: No, I still think that the truck that hit and killed him, I think it was a shared universe. And that Dawson is actually the Flash's son. And they had that truck driver kill the Flash just for revenge.
0: Uh, Anyways, uh, so Magneto meets with the arms dealers and uses his magnetic control powers to rip the pacemaker out of the leader of them. And he also plans to send an infiltrator to murder Charles Xavier.
1: Said 12-year-old me thought that him ripping the pacemaker out was the coolest.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about this guy, because this person Magneto plans to send has, like, blades in his hand, and he goes by Wolverine. And, I mean, we've seen him in Marvel team-up, and there he just seemed like a pretty grumpy guy. He's a big old grumpy boy.
1: Such a grump.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And it's also really unclear if that team-up happened before or after he was on the X-Men.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah, so Wolverine lands in JFK, meets with the contact, and then both of them are gunned down by the military. Beast and Jean, meanwhile, are flying around in the Blackbird jet, and we get the first mention of how Jean is 19 years old, and also she really likes invading people's thoughts. Xavier ends up ordering the X Men to go and get Wolverine, who was apparently part of a Black Ops mutant program run by the Pentagon, who had escaped a year and a half ago, and who has just now been captured again by that program which is known as Weapon X. Wolverine wakes up and finds one of his old Weapon X cohorts who goes by Wraith, who has him trapped in an adamantium cage which, because his claws are made out of adamantium, he is unable to escape. And they're just like, oh yeah, feel free to shoot this dude as many times as you want in this moving vehicle that we have, which seems like not the greatest idea.
1: It's for funsies. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that would mean that the back wall would also be adamantium, though.
0: Yeah, but then wouldn't, like, the bullets potentially ricochet and fly back out and destroy the machine? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I get wanting to shoot Wolverine several times, but gun safety, everybody. So the X-Men knock over the convoy and free Wolverine, who immediately steals a motorcycle and sends Wraith's Jeep off of the road with it. Wolverine is stopped from murdering Wraith and, unknown to them, this was all part of Magneto's plan to get the X-Men to trust Wolverine somehow.
1: And that's when Wolverine does a bitchin' trick on his motorcycle. That was the real way that he was going to get them to trust him.
0: Sweet motorcycle tricks?
1: Yeah. He's like jumping his motorcycle over Scott and Jean.
0: I mean, doing cool motorcycle tricks are a great way to get teens to trust you.
1: Yeah, they're like, whoa, look at that man, living on the edge, dangerous, we should follow him.
0: And then, like, Professor X realizes he has to step up his game, so he starts doing bitch bitchin' wheelchair tricks as well. Of course. Now I'm just imagining Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but instead of getting to play as Iron Man, you get to play as Professor X.
1: You could, because there was a wheelchair kid that you play as in one of them.
0: But not like Pro Skater 2, which was the one that everybody remembers. You have to get shotgun stuck.
1: See, the one that most people remember is either Pro Skater 3 or Pro Skater 4 is the big one.
0: Nope, I don't remember those as much.
1: All Tony Hawk games are great Tony Hawk games. Even 5 once a patch that was bigger than the entire game came out and completely redid it and made it good. <laughs>
0: I did pick up the somewhat similar, uh, somewhat similar video game, uh, Goat Simulator, which is pretty much Tony Hawk Pro Skater except you're a goat, and you get to do goat things.
1: It is nothing like Tony Hawk Pro Skater.
0: How is it not like Tony Hawk Pro Skater?
1: You're just a goat. You just run around and hit, like, run into things,
0: and you There's... can build up combos. And use your
1: But you're not doing cool sick ass tricks in the same way.
0: You can if you know how to do it, but I do not have patience for that, so after buying that I also wouldn't got Katamari Damachi reroll. Nice. La da 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 So time passes, and Wolverine takes to training in the simulation danger room, which here is just more of a VR headset, which is weird. Also, Jesus wept. I got done rewashing all the community yesterday. Oh, nice. Yep. Did you ever watch the Yahoo season? Yes. Yeah. I love the one where the dean gets the VR system and he just keeps yelling, "Jesus wept."
1: I vaguely. Anyways, that.
0: you know that was when uh, Keith David first sho- Keith David's character first showed up on the show.
1: Mm, vaguely.
0: So Wolverine gets done murdering his teammates, and Beast is like, "Oh yeah." I also have a computer program where you can have sex with Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera, which they were like 18 or 19 years old at the time that this came out. And I guess it makes a bit more sense if Beast is a teen, but Wolverine's age is not really given here. And considering some stuff that goes on, it, he's, he's a creepy-ass dude. Yep. And Wolverine also, it is important to note, can shield his thoughts for some reason. Iceman interrupts everybody because the Brotherhood of Mutants has captured one of George Bush's daughters in retaliation for the killings done by Sentinels. Xavier doesn't want to have this, like, false ceasefire, so they head to Croatia with some concerns about what they are going to do. And meanwhile, the President's daughter is being watched by Toad, who is a Toad man, Quicksilver, who is super fast, and his Magneto's son magneto's daughter who has magic powers the scarlet witch blob who's a very big boy and mastermind who sort of looks like silver-haired steven seagal
1: very much like silver-haired steven seagal
0: the x-men bust in save the daughter get into a fight quicksilver runs into wolverine in a one-on-one is and is confused why wolverine is fighting them and then wolverine ends up driving off with the president's daughter drives her off of a cliff and into the dock of the blackbird which saves her leaving the rest of the team except for Gene, who was piloting the ship behind. And that really blows because Beast ended up getting caught under the rubble and might be dead, according to Storm, who has no way of actually judging people might be dead. Things go from bad to worse when local Croatians attack them because they're afraid of these people who have murder powers and the X-Men get pinned down. And then Magneto shows up, saves the X-Men, and lets him go, expecting Wolverine to still kill the Professor once he's done finally getting to have sex with Jean, right?
1: As Wolverines tend to do.
0: Yeah, it's like, so many weird choices here, Magneto. So many weird choices. What if Wolverine had been sent to a team that did not have a 19-year-old girl on it for him to want to sleep with?
1: Well, then he would have cut everyone up right away. Probably. Or he would have been like, no go, Magneto. I only join teams of 19-year-old girls.
0: Because he's creepy that way. So the team is able to save Beast, but they had to use some biotech that turns some apes blue. Gene and Wolverine talk about how the president is likely to suspend the Sentinels program now. And how Gene has issues trusting Wolverine. And then they make out and Scott sees and is not super happy about that. And Yeah, once again, she is, like, 19 and Wolverine's age is undetermined and, well, like, 18 is the age of consent. Like, Wolverine's age is very undetermined here.
1: She's just going through (sighs) her phase and wants to hook up with an older man.
0: Anyways, Condoleezza Rice lets Professor X know about the Sentinel shutdown when Scott comes in and he plans to leave because... He is right in that Xavier is doing too little to actually, like, help the mutants. And after Professor X psychically drugs him to try and make him happier, Scott just instead gets angrier. And so he leaves to join up with Magneto in the Savage Land. And also the Beast wakes up with blue hair. Gotta have blue hair.
1: Can't not have blue hair.
0: Yeah, there's just so many choices here. It's also really weird how, like, the president is pretty explicitly George Bush, and yet they never actually name which of his daughters it was, and none of his daughters went to the school that they mentioned in this. So, like, Mark Millar, what are you doing here?
1: That's because who can really name the daughters of George Bush? I
0: was going to say Chelsea, but that's Clinton. That's Clinton. Come on, Luke. <laughs> so the brotherhood with cyclops now the team bombs the parliament building and he is angry that the brotherhood didn't give the full warning that he had wanted to give everybody in the building but they were attacking because tony blair planned to make sentinels and so they leave with cyclops angry and scarlet Witch tries to soothe him meanwhile in dc Gene tries to reach Cyclops after a night of having sex with Wolverine, but is unable to, and then they all meet with the president who doesn't plan to attack the U.S. beaten population, but does plan to send Sentinels to attack the Savage Land, which they found by tracking Cyclops in the Blackbird, which, um, it's a terrorist organization. You're not necessarily risking human lives and... I mean, I'm not necessarily against that. I don't know. I, I have very mixed feelings about using murder robots, but also it's ignoring the fact that Magneto has magnet powers and these robots are made out of metal. So,
1: I'm very much ignoring that part. He gets
0: what he deserves. Yeah. So Cyclops and Magneto meet then, because Cyclops is having doubts about Magneto's side as well, and Magneto talks about a lot of reasonably bad shit that humanity has done, like the Holocaust. And Cyclops is like, I don't want to kill. And Magneto's like, fine, but you should listen to my daughter, Scarlet Witch, doing poetry in the language that I made up. And also, she wants to fuck you and call me father in front of my actual son because I get all sorts of weird fetishes here. Hell yeah. It's so many weird choices here, Mark Millar.
1: Magneto just has, like, a lot of, like, these are the power things that make him pleased.
0: (sighs) I don't like that word pleased. Power move. (laughs) Meanwhile, Pietro and Scarlet Witch talk about how Magneto loves him, but also hates him for reminding them of how he had sex with a human woman. But before they can get into this very weird conversation, the Sentinels attack, kill a lot of mutants, and Magneto ends up using his magnetic powers to rewrite them to hunt humans in America. And Cyclops is like, well, I guess it's time to call in the X-Men. And I guess it's fine that the government didn't see this because X-Men Days of Future Pass hadn't come out yet, where he yep. does this exact same thing.
1: I mean, how would they so, know if, if a Hollywood movie hadn't come out yet?
0: I know. So Gene finds out that Wolverine came to kill the Professor, and she is angry about this. And Wolverine tries to say that He's apparently changed now for reasons that aren't really ever defined. The X-Men fight to hold off the Sentinels and Magneto steals the president, but Xavier confronts Magneto. Magneto immediately destroys his chair and then points guns and cameras at Charles, missing that Wolverine sneaks up behind him and then guts him. In his dying gasp, Magneto somehow sets off every nuclear missile to fire, so Quicksilver who Cyclops convinced to go ahead of him, steals Magneto's helmet, which allows Charles to capture Magneto's mind, making Magneto into a super magnet, attracting all of the Sentinels and all the other metal. And then he turns off Magneto's brain and Magneto explodes in the atmosphere. And presumably all of the nukes were stopped somewhere. Yeah, sure. And Cyclops returns with a soul patch, to rejoin the X-Men and Charles, Gloat that this was his first step for his plan for mutants.
1: And then this is also when Cyclops is wearing the classic early 2000s super small sunglasses.
0: Oh modernizing comics.
1: Just like Morpheus.
0: Uh so we then have Ultimate X-Men one half.
1: Oh, but no, was I by Jeff. But this was the part two where I started to question whether or not it was actually latex that makes everything hide the the uh the X gene or if that was just things that Charles was saying because he's a liar because it very much clearly looks like he is rocking a like leather jacket as he is riding out to stop Magneto. <laughs>
0: Morpheus, Dorpheus, Orpheus, go eat some walruses. Orifices, porridge is Morpheus. Morpheus, go into the buffet and walruses. Confidence, corpses, Worcestershire sauce, go into your orifices. <sighs> red pill, blue pill, Morpheus, walruses, seashells by the <laughs> sea, walruses. <foresters>. Oh <sighs> no, Morpheus drinking a forty in a death basket,
1: and uh, and also he doesn't keep his. Uh... And he also doesn't keep his shirt closed too, so like I feel like that X gene is like in a very specific place that no one knows.
0: It's in the nipples.
1: Also, also it can't be there either because the X-Man or Iceman basically tries to hide his X Gene by just wearing like a bandana on his head.
0: Yeah, he doesn't wear pants, does he?
1: Oh. All he wears is that bandana.
0: And the no, he doesn't even wear boots.
1: Yeah, no, all he has is that bandana.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we get to Ultimate X-Men One Half, which was written by Jeff Johns, with pencils by Aaron Loprestri, inks by Danny Mickey, colored by Hi-Fi Design, and letters by Comicraft. The X-Men find Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver attacking a military caravan and get into a fight with them, and it turns out that Quicksilver thinks that they have Magneto's body in the van, but in reality, they only have his helmet. Cyclops tries to talk to them to join with him, but Quicksilver refuses to work with humans. So Scarlet Witch kisses Cyclops goodbye, and then they leave. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver end up parting ways after Quicksilver confesses to loving his sister, and then he's just left with his father's helmet. And they do sort of leave the seeds for the awful incest stuff pretty early.
1: But when did this that issue come out, though?
0: Uh, Ultimate X Men One Half.
1: Yeah,
0: that came out. In June
1: of 2002 Oh, okay mm-hmm. Just because when Mark Millar did it in Ultimates, it was very subtle
0: Yeah, I mean and then, it can... and then
1: Jeff Loeb was just like We're just putting it all out there
0: Yeah It's not a good story Beat at all It is not
1: Well, they're trying to modernize the comics, Luke They were ahead of the curve this time Like, eight years ahead of uh, Game of Thrones.
0: No, because, like, Game of Thrones started way back earlier.
1: Well, not the show. The show started in, like, 2010. But the books? But no one had read the books by that point, for the most part.
0: There were nerds in our high school who I remember reading the books. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't, but at the same time, it comes out into a much bigger popularity mainstream. It It makes it incest mainstream.
0: Okay. Uh, have fun dying on that hill. Okay. Uh, so it is time for. Glid did. Uh, we actually. It
1: 100% did. What? But it 100% did. It made that plotline 100% mainstream. Because like everyone watches Game of Thrones except for like me.
0: Well, I gave up on it after a while. But yeah. I, I get what you mean. I
1: watched two episodes and thought it was boring.
0: Okay. So Zach, uh, Xavier Files wants to know. Uh, If the Ultimate X-Men were Fast and Furious characters, which ones would they be?
1: Whew, man, what a great question.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to watch a few of the movies today because I've still not seen them.
1: Luke, that's a mistake.
0: I know, I'm going to correct that mistake today, Devin.
1: Well, here's what I'd say. Cyclops is very much the more of the Law and Order type character, or a little bit more of a Law and Order type character. He is definitely the Paul Walker of the group. Quite truthfully, I would say, man, that's a tough one because none of them fit into the personality super well. Jean Grey, or, yeah, no, Jean Grey. I would kind of say it's more of a Michelle Rodriguez type character. I would say that Storm is ludicrous. Beast, I would say Beast. I would say is more of the Tyrese Gibson role.
0: And I mean, we haven't gotten a lot of development for most of the characters at this point.
1: Not yet. I mean, Charles is all about the family and whatnot at this stage in the game, so Charles is kind of your Big Bang Vin. And then Colossus is Dwayne the Rock Johnson.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I will...
1: The trailer for that new movie it looks dope, and I'm very excited.
0: I heard Idris Elba has superpowers, and that makes me want to watch all of them more now.
1: No forewarn, None of the other ones have superpowers in them.
0: That's fine. Okay. Uh, I want to see some fast cars.
1: So first, it starts off about drag racing. Then the second one, also about drag racing, but a little bit of some FBI stuff. Third one, all about drag racing. Fourth one, stopping the cartels. Fifth one, heist movie. Sixth one, international espionage film. Seventh one, revenge flick. Eighth one, I don't really remember. It wasn't quite as good because after Paul Walker was gone. Quite truthfully, the series sort of uh, ended.
0: So, you're saying it's got a fast car?
1: It does have a fast car, and they tried to up it. But they mentioned Paul Walker's character, and that took me out of the movie, and I did not like it for that.
0: You know what? I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero got nothing to lose maybe we'll make something but me myself i got nothing to prove uh but yeah let's get to ranking these thank you for your questions zach if you want to send in questions you can send them to at multiversal q on twitter yes uh but yes uh currently at the top of our list is spider-man numbers 8 through 13 learning curve and at the bottom is spider-man and wolverine um where does Ultimate Marvel team up 6 through 8 go?
1: Lower because they did not understand the concept of Daredevil the Punisher or the Spider-Man. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think it's worse than Wolverine. Yeah. Cuz at least Wolverine was short and had some fun in it. So and it and Wolverine it didn't is.
1: like completely like screw up the characters.
0: Yeah. So that will be our new number eight for right now. Uh, we also have the Ultimate X Men Volume One numbers one through six. We'll rank the half episode as or half issue as its own entity. Um, it's it's mixed. I probably put it above Spider Man and Hulk.
1: I would say and right under and right under what?
0: Right under Spider Man number one through seven.
1: Yes, I would agree with that.
0: So our new number four... Because say what you will, it does
1: capture what they were setting out to do. It does make a modernized X-Men story.
0: Mm -hmm. And that is called The Tomorrow People.
1: You could get the first issue of that during Free Comic Book Day in, like, 2004. Yay. Which happened at one of the local movie theaters when I went to go see one of the movies opening day.
0: I remember one of the first comics that I got was uh, when I went to see Iron Man on opening night at the local theater. Nice.
1: See, I think it was an earlier one. It might have actually been Spider-Man 2 that we got in X-Men comics.
0: Uh, Marvel movie 2004, that would have been Spider-Man 2 or Blade Trinity or The Punisher.
1: Well, I only saw one of those in theaters, so... Because we were thirteen and my mom would have told me to go straight to hell if I had said, Mom, let's go see the Punisher.
0: Take me to see Punisher, go to (laughs) hell. And then we have the weird Ultimate X Men one half, which is
1: It didn't really do anything.
0: But it's not necessarily actively bad. No. I mean, I'd probably put it right under Spider... No, I'd put it above Spider-Man and Hulk right under Ultimate X-Men number 1 through 6. Like, that's... Ultimate Spider-Man and Hulk is our line between, like, good and bad.
1: And missing the point and not. Yeah. Well, because it comes to the point, for the list for the future, what is your definition between did they capture what they set out to do between being good and bad?
0: uh i think we'll have to like actually see where it's fighting itself and like fighting what it is because like i mentioned with the ultimate x-men stuff there was some stuff where i thought that it was sort of fighting the premise of having this continuous universe and like a lot of the big things that happen were it's like oh the government is rounding up mutants (laughs) Uh, we would definitely hear like Aunt May and Uncle Ben being like, Hey, no, the government should like going to protest that shit. True. Also, I really want to read that comic now where they get killed at anti mutant protests, so Spider Man just throws himself into being or pro mutant protest. So Spider Man just throws himself into being a, a big mutant rights supporter. I think that'd be interesting. That would be. Uh but yeah. So that brings our list up to number 10. And Devin, do you know what we are covering on the next episode?
1: I did not look at the lineup, so I do not actually.
0: Uh, we are covering Ultimate Spider-Man numbers 14 through 21 and Ultimate Marvel Team-Up numbers 9 through 16, which, if I remember correctly, should uh, like wrap up most of the like Ultimate Marvel Team-Up run. Uh, quickly looking at it. Yep, yeah, that will get us through everything from Fantastic Four, Man Thing, X Men, Doctor Strange, Black Widow, Master of Kung Fu. So a lot of that stuff, and then Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Three is going to be a double trouble, which looks like it's got some Doctor Octopus in it. Yes. Ooh, and Kraven.
1: Yes, Volume Three is a good uh, volume.
0: So. Uh, that is going to be in two weeks going up on the uh, 17th of February. So watch that with a loved one. And yeah, I'm excited about that.
1: And we get Ultimate Shang-Chi.
0: Yeah, I said Master Kung Fu.
1: Yeah. I'm saying for things we get to be excited for.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I, I like Shang-Chi. Remember,
0: I don't remember a lot of that stuff, honestly. Like the Ultimate. Uh, Marvel team up with Wolverine. I think everybody remembers is one of those. Why did they do this? Why did they make such a weird and creepy body swap one? God. You, you keep yeah, saying maybe that it won't be in this
1: one. I think that was in. I'm like pretty sure that's just in regular Ultimate Spider Man.
0: Maybe, maybe we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. Um, and it's really only creepy
1: for one reason. Everything actually else about the rest of that issue was fine. It was the one major part.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that wraps us up for uh, this week. And for this episode, we'll be back in two weeks with number five. Uh, Devin, where can people find you online?
1: You can find me online at FredOFET, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you?
0: You can find me online at at AtColTrack, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. We are both also on the Exiled podcast, which is doing a bunch of one-shots for the month of February, which they are very good episodes. Uh, Devin has one going up on the third week. And then you can also find me on the RPG Pals podcast. The second episode of the show went up on... Friday, the first of the month, and we'll also be updating on the 15th. You can find that at rpgpals.club. Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. We are partially listener-sponsored. You can find more about that at the Patreon, which is under my name, Lucare, Luke L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R, uh for as little as one dollar a month. You can listen to Exiled a Week Early. And you get a bunch of other bonuses. Also, I wanted to mention I'm going to be at Gym City Comic Con, which is, uh, I did not know this previously, like the only show that I'm going to going to this year. Because that is the same weekend as Space, which is the other show that I typically would go to. And don't have a lot of vacation time this year, so I'm not probably going to be going to Heroes Con this year uh so make sure to see me there i am going to be tabling with uh zach from the. i'm going to be tabling with zach from the xavier files website it is going to be a very good time
1: we're all looking forward to it
0: and now i'm going to go watch some fast and the furious uh until next time keep it on the flip mode peace